0: Listening to the Heat Ratio Podcast, brought to you by the Heat Ratio Sports Network. This show brings the temperature of sports to a whole new level. Whether it's a local opinion or a national agenda, everything is fair game. Remember, everyone has an opinion, but only few can back it up. Now sit back, crank up the volume, and if you think you can handle it, get ready
1: for the heat.
2: What is up, everybody? Heat Ratio Sports, episode 135. John Coker, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, Mikey Googs. We got an action-packed show again tonight. We're going to try to keep this on two hours, I hope, because we seem like we just get longer and longer every week. we had to cut that down, boys. we had to cut that down tonight. We got, we're got. we going to talk about Eagles after a bye. The reinforcers are coming in. People coming off of injury. Maybe a shorter lease for Carson Wentz. We shall see. Steelers 8-0 and the Seahawks get trounced. Uh, we're talking a little hybrid quarterback talk what type of quarterback do you prefer mary Urtua or tua or allen or herbert then we're going to talk about mr tony la Russa and his drunk ass that needs to get an uber we're talking little big game memories <laughs> okay little big game memories gonna go back to 1991 nba new jersey for the sixers Giannis getting super max what's in john cd racks and ending with a wu-tang clan anniversary 27 years showing our age once again boys what is
0: up mike what's going on buddy it's been an interesting week it really has Uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on in the sports world as usual it was nice to not have to stress out about the eagles on sunday the fact that they were on a bye um you know gave us a little bit of time to reflect i've spent the weekend watching old McNabb uh videos on youtube and highlights and you know, I've come to the realization that, and I've said this before on previous episodes, that I just think was uh, was really hard on on him. And, you know, I don't think we, we realized how good we had it under that leadership. Um, and not only just the leadership. I mean, Andy Reid wore out his last five years. I think he stayed five years too long. But the fact that we just had consistency and now every week you don't know what you're going to get. You know, I did read that last piece from uh, from, our, from our boy Marcus, which was great. Uh, don't blame Peterson, blame everybody else is basically what he was saying. So he made a pretty interesting point. I, he made some good points. I didn't agree with all of it, which I usually do agree with most of what he says. But um, I, saw a, I saw a report from Keyshawn Johnson that said Carson Wentz will not – he will not finish as an Eagle. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So it's not like I, – I, I think outside of our local sports area, um, this is – this is starting to catch fire. And, and when you start hearing, you know, national broadcasters say stuff like that,
2: uh, um, there's there's some
0: trouble on the horizon, right? What do you think? Uh,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. There, there isn't. Like you said, you bring it comes to a national level. Uh, Brett Favre the other day comes out and now all of a sudden he wants to start talking about we should have kept Nick Foles and not car. So it, it, it's interesting that all these national pers- you know personifications are coming out and we just can't hold it back. John, what's up, buddy? How's your week?
1: Busy, <clears throat> busy. eight um, <laughs> no Steelers. Eight and no Steelers. Yeah. Shout out to Ken Huck. I, he's a Cowboys fan. He was sitting on my couch. I'm a very superstitious person. Anytime there's a non-Steelers fan watching a game with me, they lose in my house. Really? That's interesting. Yes. 100%. It has happened time after time. Doesn't matter who we're playing. It's just a bad omen. But I thought this week, oh, we're playing the Cowboys. Why not? Yeah, they almost lost. Yeah, I, maybe yeah, you shouldn't but, do that anymore. I, I almost kicked him out at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was real, real close, but I, I did expect a close game. I didn't expect to be losing into the fourth quarter, um, you know. But to touch on the the Wentz, you know, does he, you know, how long is he with the Eagles? I, if he puts up another two years of this, he he ain't gonna finish with the Eagles, that's for sure.
0: I don't no, think he lasts gonna, two
1: years if he no. continues to play like this.
0: Now, you're
2: I think you are both are right. 100 percent But I mean they come off a bye, right? We have to see this. And Mike, you remember Andy Reid was synonymous for come, never lost coming off a bye. I remember he was like undefeated for years. Oh, yeah, coming for coming off a bye. It was insane. So you felt really comfortable going with the Eagles, coming off the bye. Playing the New York Giants, not gonna be easy game by any means, okay? It's no. not gonna be an easy game. Uh, but Miles Sanders should be back. We're getting some more reinforcements on the offensive line. Uh, You know, Goddard has another week behind him. Alshon Jeffrey sounds like he's going to make an appearance. So things are starting to happen a little bit. And dare I say, could we have enough momentum to make some kind of run here? I mean, think about it. It's crazy. Probably. Probably. I think we are. I think we are going to make a run.
0: Yeah, for
2: sure. I, I'm starting to get really optimistic. Uh, I really am. Uh, Andre says, yo, I'm going to have the substitute teacher to quad. Andre. Listen, if next time when I know, cause I still don't, Dave may be showing up late. So I promise you this. If I know ahead of time that Dave is 100% out or Mike or John or even myself and John could host the show, then, uh, John's like shaking his head. Uh, I will send you the link and we will get you in, in a quad box. 100%. Um, the only coming out because they see the Eagles getting healthy on both sides of the ball. He's saying, right, he's saying all of a sudden the national people are coming out. He's like, I agree. Two more years in cart. Wow, will be a Minnesota quarterback. Minnesota, interesting, interesting, Andre. That's an interesting pick. Uh, because yeah, I, th- I, I, what did Kirk, I, Kirk Cousins signed a three year deal. Does this Kirk remember? He signed a three year
0: max deal. I remember it was a monster deal,
2: 84 million dollar guarantee. Yeah, crazy. crazy, Kirk Cousins.
0: Right. So just 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 what are you doing? How great is his agent? Has he got the same agent as Sam Bradford? Yeah. (laughs) Sam Bradford's agent to me was better than Drew Rosenhaus, better than any agent. He was the best. I mean, he got what? Sam Bradford, 300 million. And he played like three games. Sammy Sleeves.
2: Sam Bradford got paid. Paid He got paid. I mean, literally, and he was he was banging out 12, 15, and twenty million dollar deals all day. Look, look, I, I mean, I don't even know what he did. That was so good, too. It's
1: richest scrub, richest scrub in the NFL.
2: Yeah, yes, John, you are right. Richest scrub in the NFL.
0: Now remember that Chip Kelly crap when we were trying to get uh, Mariota, and we we're going to try to trade the farm for him, and they had like didn't he have like Fletcher Cox involved in that trade and all this stuff that we heard that never went through and then his uh then when he announced his quarterback I remember he picked Sam Bradford and we were like what Sam we're, Bradford remember when that trade went down
2: and we and we were all like oh we must be getting we're like and we're like We no we we just
0: we're, we're, we traded for Sam Bradford we just got Sam Bradford like no one knew what to think i mean chip kelly and his offensive mindset and this powerhouse and everything that he did Oh, oh, by the way, I I think that we should touch more on a segment, maybe not this show, on another show, but I would like to look at the data for injured players that were under Chip Kelly's sports, science, shakes, Mm. medical, you know, that whole regiment that he put in. I think, and, and I read this somewhere, and again, so don't quote me on this, but I read this somewhere, that I think the Eagles were like, the healthiest team for a couple of years under that program. And if you can remember W.I.P. in 94, everybody ripping Chip Kelly oh, and the music and, you know, rip the shakes. It. They destroyed him for that, right? Absolutely. So we, should, we should definitely talk about that. But yeah, going back to your uh, Sam Bradford trade in the announcement, we were a little blown away when he said that, right? Yeah, like, I, I like right? that. I like that. Yeah. And, and then you know what? Everybody is in, in, you know, most people in
2: Philadelphia sports media. Played the narrative that Sam Bradford was going to be good. They went back and started saying, oh, well, you know what? He's like, stop. You already knew it was a bogus deal. I mean, come on. Do you really have us believing in Sam Bradford? Like, stop it. You remember we'll play for anything. He we'll came out the anything. preseason game, remember? And he looked good for a half against the Baltimore Ravens, I think it was. He yeah, looked that was real it. good. Was and it. then he went right back to Bradfordisms and he sucked. 100%. Like you I uh, yeah,
0: I, I think that's a, an error of football, especially Philadelphia Eagles football, that we forget to talk about because of the way that it ended so badly. It was so embarrassing with Chip Kelly that last year that I think that it shocked most of the Eagles fans to not even discuss that whole error of players or what we did there. Like Nobody talks about it. Nobody. Remember how nobody. high we were when Chip Kelly signed? We were like, wow, everybody was on board. We were like, we yes. got Chip Kelly. It was like... You know when when the Philly signed Hunter Pence when we were rolling after Cliff Lee, you're we like, "Wow, we got Hunter Pence, and we're gonna crush everybody." We're like the Yankees, and then and then it just all fell apart, like it always does. Yeah, John I mean, just it, sitting there it, nodding because he can feel the pain, but he doesn't. He can engage into the conversation, but he doesn't really care.
1: Feel I want to be like John. Uh, feel the pain, yeah. Be a, be a Pirates fan, dude. Go ahead. Do you want to feel pain? Yeah. Oh, that's a oh, good that. point. It, yeah, it's please. painful. I I. There was an article on their projected opening day roster, dude. It's disgusting. <laughs> there, there's there's double A teams that could win games. Oh against my those god!
2: Let's the Pirates, the Pirates, and we're we're gonna get in that little baseball talk. But you think about it. I mean, you think about players that are synonymous to the Pittsburgh Pirate era, right? Like think about that. Like you name me two pitchers, and I know this might be easy for you, John, but two pitchers. That in the last 30 years for Pittsburgh that were studs that were studs.
0: Oh, help me out. Last, I had no like, idea. Was it Bob well, Walk? Well, I they, was gonna they, say Bob Walk because that's the only person I really know. But he was like, That's from like 1985, right? I was thinking, should I say Bob Walker, is that just too Bob Bob, is that too
1: much? Dude, that's Bob remembers
2: Bob Walk.
1: They they all leave before they become studs. Oh, we'll get Charlie but- Morton, Garrett Cole, <laughs> Doug Drabeck, Drew yeah, Smiley, Drayback, Sm- Drew Dray- Smiley. Yeah, Drayback. was Drayback. Teasing. Drayback. Yeah.
0: Doug Drayback. Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton. Yeah. Do you um? Did, was Bob Walk on the Pirates before or after the Phillies? Because he was on the Phillies 1983 World Series when yeah. we played the Orioles and we lost. Walk was on that team, I believe. I think he might have been on the 1980 team also.
2: Mm.
0: Did he? What, did I yeah, think he was. I don't know. I think he was. Yeah, I think he was. I think yeah, he was, and that I was with was, Al so. Holland. Remember Al Holland? Al Holland. Wow. <laughs> it,
2: wait, what year was that? With Steve that's Jels? uh,
0: that was eighty. Th- no, Jels was after Jels was the Von Hayes era. So that's like oh, five.
2: Uh,
0: Oz Virgil was Ozzie on TV. Oh, yes, Oz yeah, Virgil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh man, that's when we—that's when I love baseball. Man. Oh, that yeah. just...
2: That's when I remember walking to the vet, get my bag of pretzels with my pop, and getting that the 700 level yellow seats for a Oh book. yeah, general admission.
0: You know what I mean? And moving to I oh, think it was, was moved down because nobody was ever at the games because the Phillies just stunk nobody. for so many years. They were absolutely horrible. They were terrible.
2: Uh Andre says Bradford did beat the Cowboys in Dallas and to sucked us right back in. That's He's true. right. I forgot he about did. that. Yeah, he did. He's the Chevy Corsica was a car Philly when Bob Walk pitched. <laughs> wow. Chevy Corsica. I remember the Corsica. I think I drove in one of them a couple times. My wow. God. That's that's a that's a nice pull there, Andre. I John, like that. that is sad though, that we're talking about Bob Walk. I mean, I I think you had a, a year of AJ Burnett, maybe, and yes. Josh Johnson. Did you have a Josh Johnson no. for a year? He's just the Marlins. I I I, I, I feel Pittsburgh like I'm forgetting somebody yeah. in Pittsburgh. Well, we know. had uh,
1: uh, which was it? Uh, Oliver Perez, who we yeah, I remember were, Ollie. at one point. Um,
2: I L- L- Liriano when he Francisco we had, Liriano. We had
1: Liriano yeah. But oh, but yeah. You know, wow, pulling not, names out.
2: Yeah, I mean, but they're just like, eh. so I've right. I've not I haven't been yeah, to that stadium, but I heard the
0: stadium. Yeah, well, I heard the stadium is amazing. That's success. Apparently, they can't put a team together, but the stadium is amazing. Yeah, they say yeah. you walk over. You, they shut the road down. You walk over
2: the bridge, like on game day. They say it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm sure, absolutely fantastic. But you know, getting back to football and seeing what happened with Pittsburgh and Dallas, and even though you know, listen, I know Pittsburgh won. Uh, but seeing Dallas try to play a little bit, which, I, listen, you got to get, say what you want, hate Mike McCarthy, kill Mike McCarthy, whatever the hell you want to say. Listen, Mike, that that's coaching. That's coaching. You, you, I mean, this is what we talk about with the Eagles. Everybody complains about injuries, give the narrative, make an excuse for Doug Peterson. Mike McCarthy went up against a 7-0 team with a stiff at quarterback. Okay, a a team that's not been playing here. Every narrative in a book about how they've disrespected the coach or talking to the locker room. He almost won that game, right? Uh, Almost won that game. That's right. All right. So we we got to start looking at that. And and this this week against the Giants is going to be no easy task. I understand Danny Dimes looks really bad at sometimes and looks okay to others, but the defense, two guys. Blake Martinez, who I would love if the Eagles would sign him as a middle linebacker. He played yep. great in Green Bay, right? Good. And Jabril Peppers is all over the ball all the time. So those two guys are really good for that defense. And, again, we have these – Jabril Peppers is going to be up in the box all day long. I, I just don't think it's going to be an easy game. I, I don't think that we have to worry about Washington, another gruesome injury for Kyle Allen. Oh. With the ankle. I mean, God, these ankles. Awful. Like, Awful. yeah, like, Poor I, kid. that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, but it, have you ever seen this amount of ankle injuries? Like, it's almost like they're, they're all scarecrows. Like, I, it's crazy. I, I don't know what it is, man. I don't well, know what that, it is, but that, yeah. That
1: turf at the, uh, what, the New Meadowlands, whatever it's called now. I mean, we saw the first two weeks how many guys went down you know yeah
0: that's, that's it's scary always,
1: it, I'm telling you it's I mean I don't know how many of these happened on grass I would say probably very few if any but yeah it's always you see the cleats get stick in that uh, you know that artificial surface it's just not good and it's getting worse so we think we're making the turf better but we're actually making it worse because it's like so good that it like our you know a normal humans joints can't handle it
2: right Right, uh, it's just either way. It's just been a really weird year, and it's just a shame that you know that has happened. But I, you know, I I don't put a lot of faith in Alex Smith. I mean, he threw for three hundred yards and three picks. He is who he is. It's great to see him out there. I'll give him that. Great to see him out there. Bro. Another horrible injury. Right, horrible. So, I mean, he, was he on turf too? It's a good point, John. Uh, I I can't remember. I'm if not he was.
1: sure. I don't I can't think. Remember. I don't. I don't think that was a a turf thing. Didn't he just get a I don't. I don't think so. I don't think it was like a cleat sticking, was it? I forget how the. the All exact, I know uh, is it was gruesome. Yeah, it was yes, pretty bad. Was I remember bad. watching <sighs> it, but
2: that's a, that's one of them things you have. A, a, Trevor, what's up, Trevor? Trevor, check it. Trevor says NFC East quarterbacks don't do leg
0: workouts. Um, you know, Trevor might be onto something right there. Everybody skips leg day, so he said
2: Alex Smith was on grass, FedEx uh, FedEx Field. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. so there you go. So yeah, I mean, so Mike, we're in a driver's seat, I think. I mean, it's crazy
0: but the Eagles are in a driver's seat. That's got disaster written all over it. I, look, I I I look, I didn't want to even say what I said about the Dallas game, you know, and coming up into halftime, it looked like that we could possibly lose that game, which was crazy. I mean, they pulled away at the end, they did what they needed to do. Uh, but that game was closer than the score showed. They played the Eagles just tried to give him the game every chance they got. And what was the Eagles just They were in the drivers. They could have done whatever they wanted, but they just kept screwing up. Um, I don't know, man. I don't really have much confidence in any of these games anymore because just when you think that they're starting to get their act together, um, you know Carson Wentz does some crazy stuff, and um, it it just doesn't seem like that they have any kind of cohesiveness or or anything. I mean, it's so hard to say that they're going to come out and definitively win this game. I mean, yes, they should. You're right. Uh, the giants really don't have anything to lose right now. And the Eagles, maybe their mindset is we can make a run here. So they do have everything to lose because let's face it guys after this year with the team being in the salary cap position that they're in, which is to me is inexcusable for Howie Roseman, the bean counter under Joe banner for him to them, for them to even be in this situation to me is preposterous. Number one, because he can't, he can't draft or maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe we talked about that before, but. That's not his strong suit. His strong suit is supposed to be salary cap management and the team's getting old, man. So, and with Carson Wentz playing like not, not the way that he should be playing, um, there's a lot of question marks after this year. So maybe you're right. Maybe they weren't sellers at the trade deadline because they thought that the NFC East is weak and, you know, they could, they could make a run. So the point is, if they don't do something this year, it's going to be a long time before we see them flirt with the playoffs, I think. I
2: I completely agree, John. What do you think? Are are we poised to make this run right now? And and if we do, let let me add this one in for you too. And if we do make the run, and we do make the playoffs, is everything forgotten about this year?
1: Not if you make the playoffs and it's one and done. No, because it could be one stinker in the first game of the playoffs, and it doesn't matter if you went. It six was and last two. year it doesn't matter if you went 6 and 2 going in and one and done is what tarnishes it look there there's a tough road ahead all right giants it's their defense like their offense is not imposing i'm not worried about that the, the eagles defense should get a couple turnovers no question to me um you know the giants defense they've they're a lot better now than they were at the beginning of the year but you know let's say we win we win the giants game you're at cleveland Okay, that's that's gonna be a tough one. It's an away game. Defense, you know, the the passing defense isn't all that great. Seattle, do you do you envision Wentz actually taking advantage of Seattle's passing defense? I I can't. And then you got Green Bay, Saints, Cardinals. Those are all, I mean, okay. you could go oh you could go oh and four there but then you close out with Dallas and Washington you pick up those other two wins. So in reality if you get the Giants and the Browns, you get the Cowboys and the in the Washington football team, you lose the other four. I'm not saying that you're going to lose the other four. I think you go you go 1 and 3. I mean so not to rain on the parade, but I mean those are some good teams there. No um,
0: question. So No question. I mean,
1: you, you're looking at a 500 record, but you win the division all you need is a couple cards to fall right. And then what? And then what?
0: That's the question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you win the division. You sneak into the playoffs. But what happens then? And I understand once you're in, you're in. Anything can happen. We've well, seen that's before. When,
1: and that's when the cards need to fall right. That's that's what I'm saying. I don't care if it's a fluke play, whatever. I mean, uh, let's be real. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it was, I'm not saying th- there was a much better team than this team. No question. No question. There was a lot better leadership cohesiveness drive desire i mean check all those boxes no question but you know they made things fall right for them so it's you know you got to do it again you got to show that passion it's not who's who's best through week eight you know what i mean you look at how many teams go deep in the playoffs. They hit that stride in the first, second week of December and just start hitting the groove. And those are the teams you got to worry about, not the teams that go one and two. You know, one and two leading in. I don't care if you're the Baltimore Ravens. If you're one and two going into the playoffs, that's not uh, a, a good situation to be in.
0: No, not at all. And you you hit some on some really good points, and I agree with you hundred percent. They really could go zero and four during that stretch, and then you're counting on. You know, picking up wins over these scrap bum teams that are left in the NFC East. I mean, what's the point of all of this? You know, again, they could make a run, and they have no choice but to do this for sure. But if it ends up the way we all feel like it's going to end up, and they wind up just hurting their draft capital, it's just like you know, is that it? I mean, what happens now? I mean, there's so many questions going into the off season, and the event that the season was over tomorrow. Does Howie Roseman still have a job? Why? Yeah, how come nobody's talking about Jim Schwartz because he saved the day a couple of days? That guy's a stiff. It, is he still staying around? Is Jake Elliott still the kicker? I mean, but, but we before, go on and on and on about this team. I, it's I, just I, full of garbage I, and holes. Look, I
1: uh-huh. want I want to get into that, but I'll, here here's my thing. You say, uh, you and I know you play.
0: love Schwartz, John. I know you love no. him. I know that you're buddy. You, That's you, coach you, you say <laughs>
1: you say you say make the playoffs and then what? I mean, all right, and you know you talk about draft picks. The division's so bad. I mean, how bad can you, you know, you're gonna tank for a draft pick? What's the difference if they don't win the division, don't make the playoffs, what their record is? Where are you gonna be picking? 10, 11, 12 versus 22? Yeah. I mean, is how much of a difference is that gonna make with the way that the Eagles with Howie been drafted, draft?
0: Probably not much. So this is a good point. So, it really so
1: you would so you would rather you would rather not make the playoffs. And get that pick around, let's say eleven or twelve, and not make the playoffs, and make the playoffs with a shot. Yeah, and get pick I, twenty-two.
0: I would want to take a run, but it's just to see the way the team is built. Though you just, it's hard to be optimistic. You know, it's just, it's just completely, hard. And you just see some of these killer teams that are out there right now, and you're just like, can these guys really compete? You know, it's that's, tough. That, that's
2: the thing. I mean, Andre said we're going to make a run, but it would be fool's goal because the coaching is going to get exposed against elite coaches against Doug, right? sad part is seven, eight wins, wins division, and then get exposed. I mean, it's 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 true. I mean, I think we're putting a little pressure on Deuce. I think the rotation of the running backs stink. Got to put talent on the field. It's a good point. Is he a
0: carte blanche with the rotation? On
2: Does what? Peterson's yeah, the head coach. You know, I, I think he does. I think, you know, if you hear all the press conferences, they ask about the right, that's Deuce. That's Doug always says, I, I, you know, that's Deuce. That's Deuce's department. I let Deuce run the running backs.
0: Okay. So, but like, let's say, for instance, you're running a company and you're the CEO and someone's asking you about something. Are you just going to turn around and deflect the question and say, well, you know what? The, the department manager handles that. So you're going to have to ask them that question. I mean, we are talking the about buck stop with... Like, we're talking about yeah. Doug, though. Yeah, but that's ridiculous, I, man. I, he's just—I've well, well, heard him say you, that, Tony. You're right. I keep forgetting well, Oh, that's deuces. Uh, what? What is that? Yeah, oh. but but to your point though, is kind of right when you
2: think about it. So if Doug's calling a play, right, he doesn't know who to run about. So
0: at the end of the day, he—that's like, a great point, right? So he's got to know who's going to be in there, exactly. So so yeah. I'm, I'm going to call. I'm going to call a, a a pass. I'm going to call a flank pass for Boston Scott, and right. we're we're just going to hope that Boston I, Scott's in there on that package. Yeah. Come on, man. How come nobody ever even asked that question before? You're right. You're 100% he's right. right. He's
2: got to know. He's got to be in full. He has to be 100%. That's
0: why, again, this all comes down to Doug. It, it all comes down to Doug. Again, I'm sorry. It comes down Andre to Doug. brings up a good point. Nobody puts pressure on Deuce. He's been sitting in the back. Uh, you know, he's done a good job. You know, he's questionable sometimes, but he's done an overall good job. He, car- he, was, he was one of the uh, few carryovers, I guess, from the Chip Kelly era. You know, yep. I mean, he's... Definitely loved in town. Everybody respects him, but it always seems like the dude gets a pass and the spotlight's not on him ever.
2: Yeah, I, a good I, point. Th- you know, I, I think it's because everybody kind of questions about how much ring and how much pull he really has. Uh, you know, you, you, everything you see about him, I mean, you think about it when these guys come in, they play for it really well. I mean, you know, Boston's guy, who's, uh, the guy plays pretty well when he comes in. Yeah, for sure. Right? So, uh, it, it, so Deuce must have them prepared. The problem though is I just it, it's it comes down to play calling again. This comes down to play calling, and it's it's very vanilla. And you know I I said this today earlier. You know I was on a daily ticket, and I'm I'm talking to Brace, and I'm like, listen, I what I don't understand is like I'm I'm watching all the. It was a great day. Like you said, Mike, no stress the Eagles. no. Let's just watch the NFL play out. And I'm watching, I'm watching guys like Josh Allen. I'm watching Justin Herbert. I'm watching Tua. I'm watching Kyler Murray. I'm watching G- Garrett Gilbert, for Christ's sake, making plays. I'm watching teams that are completely dismantled, having injuries as well, losing offensive linemen, losing defensive linemen, losing receivers. But somehow, some way, they still find a way to look good. And we just suck. So and that was I, us
0: in 2017.
2: That right. was us. It, exa- next man up, right? Well, what, what happened? To, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that's what i want to ask all these Eagle fans because I am an Eagle fan, okay? That's why I'm so passionate. But at the end of the day, all the people on Twitter that want to come out, all the Twitter trolls, let me ask you something. What happened to next man up? In uh, 2017, it was all good to say, oh, next man up. You know why? Because it worked. Now it's not working. So nobody wants to talk. Now they want to play the narrative of, oh, it's just so many injuries. We have so many injuries. Oh, I love when what, I hear that. Right? That's the what, best. Right. Stop it. Stop it. Come on. You you weren't talking that game in 2017. Okay. You you have to be, as a head coach, you have to prepare your team to vi- to, to be able to play every single week. So that brings me to the next question. Is the leash, John, I'll go to you first. Is the leash after the buy shorter? For Carson Wentz,
1: I don't think so. I don't no? think they no. I don't think so. I don't think they have a better option at quarterback. I mean, is the bottom line Jalen Hurts? You're not going to bring in a rookie. I'm not a Jalen Hurts believer. All right, I wasn't from the get go. I'm not even talking about his the draft capital spent to get him. I didn't feel that he would be a good NFL quarterback you want to send a message for one game, if you're on a losing streak, so be it. But he is, he is not the answer. And I think Carson knows that his job is safe. Like I, I unless they have a losing streak, Jalen hurts comes in and ends up winning two games in a row. Okay. That's a different story. i Tom Brady drew blood. or something along those lines. But I think it, it's Wentz's job. He's going to own it. And I, I think he he got a long leash, you know? And I still think that Doug Peterson or whoever is calling the darn plays needs to do a better job. Why don't they stack three receivers out wide and just do a quick throw out? Never Why see that. They do, never, never see it. Give him a couple quick throws where it, it's just a quick decision. Boom, just hit the guy. I don't care. Get an incomplete pass. Like but get put him in a position to just to get a couple get a three yard gain. You know what I mean? Get a four yard gain.
2: You also but, have to read the hot reads, O John. And he yeah. has hot reads and he doesn't read them properly. Absolutely. So let, let, right? So so no, you don't have ways to throw short passes. He just yeah. shoots not so.
1: Yeah. No, he is not going through the right progressions. No. Like whatsoever. But the point is don't even let him get through the progression. Make him two step pass a couple times i mean how many times have you actually seen i mean look i'll be honest i don't watch every play of every game some games i watch the whole games all the way through sometimes not how many times have you seen him take a two-step three-step drop and just fire
0: not many not many at all now he's holding the ball too long um indecisiveness he just looks a mess it's just such a shame it's just so depressing to even talk about this
1: I was thinking about this earlier. That's now, terrible. just 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 picture this: How is this offense if Miles Sanders is in there, doesn't get hurt, the offensive line is intact? And I know any team can wish for no injuries, but the Eagles have been hit hard. The offensive line is intact. You have Alshon, you have Deshaun, you have Ertz, and you have Goddard. I mean, think about this now. Like it's what? there. I mean, it was. A lot of well, you could call Alshon unfortunate or not. With you know, I mean, the injury was definitely unfortunate, but you know, you're you're kind of asking for some things with these guys, especially Deshaun Jackson, knowing the history. But think of what that team could be. I mean, how would Wentz be a much better quarterback with that all of that less pressure dumped on the Sanders? You know what he, I mean? I, his his, his safety blanket hurts. Yeah.
2: I honestly don't
0: know. There's guys that are out there. That I don't know ball. either. Stop. There's ballers that are out there. There's guys that have stepped up and shown up, and they're, they they got ballers out there. And, yeah, these other guys are obviously the starters. They're better. But remember, we talked about this before. It's the NFL. and It's so easy to call somebody a scrub, okay? But Richard Rodgers was the man in grade school. He was the man in high school. He was the man in college, okay? Uh, I understand, for lack of a better phrase, the cream comes to the top when you're in the NFL. I get all that. But all these players are good. And you know what? A good quarterback is a good leader that can process information fast, that could read defenses, that can understand the flow and move with the flow and the mojo of the coach and make everybody around him better. And none of those things are happening with Carson Wentz. None of them. None. Zero. Completely regressed. And I am so sick and tired of everybody giving this guy excuses. Oh, he doesn't have this or he doesn't have that. Let's go back to McNabb look at the tools or whatever you want to call the guys that played with Donovan McNabb. Because when I ran through a lot of those videos, I forgot some of these guys, you know, like, uh, I mean, Charles Johnson, dude, Torrance small. I mean, James thrash, Todd Pinkston. I mean, how many people do you want to name that McNabb made great and McNabb made these plays? And I don't want to compare McNabb to, to Wentz, but you know, at some point you got to stop giving the guy excuses. You know, he's paid like a premium quarterback, Okay, and he's he's paid because he's one of thirty-two guys that can can do this job, and he's not been doing the job effectively at all. And he's gritted it out. He's gritted some wins, and all everybody wants to do is point and to say, you know what? If it wasn't for Carson, we won't won those. We wouldn't have won those games. Yeah, but if it wasn't for Carson, we wouldn't be in this position.
2: Yeah, you're right you're I, I that's the top I, I mean there's so many ways to look at this like I said before I mean Carson has won us three games lost us four games I mean it, it, it is that Andre Texan and decisiveness can't be a factor in a three-step drop I completely agree we keep saying it's a disconnect between knowledge and execution now be, and I don't want to get on this long today because I, I, I think this is it, it's all getting set because we keep talking about the same thing, and we can't help it because we're so damn passionate we're about frustrated. it. But, but, frustrated. but, John, what I will say to you is I, I know you're not a Jalen Hurts guy, and I'm not going to be the, the president of the Jalen Hurts fan club here, okay? But I'm going to run three names at you real fast, okay? Because I, I, I knew this would come up, so I did my homework, okay? Jake Lutton. Jake Lutton. Sixth round pick. Those were 304 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Drew Locke, second-round pick. Those were 313 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Garrett Gilbert, sixth-round pick. Those were 243, one-and-one. Why on God's earth do people feel Jalen Hurts cannot play? These three guys come in not expecting to do anything. And they can produce. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is going to win a freaking Super Bowl. What I'm saying is I'm tired of people saying this kid can't play. How could he not play? You know why those three guys can play? And Drew Lockett's is obviously more talented than the other two guys because they had the coaching and they had the right plays call and the right preparation in order to win those games. Absolutely. And it, right? So why do people keep saying Jalen Hurts can't play? They I don't, don't know. don't understand it. I don't know. No, I'm not. I, I just I don't get where that comes from. I'm not again. I'm not saying that he's great. I'm not. Oh my God, he's going to be to it. He's going to be Kyler Murray. I'm not saying that. But my thing is, these three guys play pretty damn well. They play pretty damn well. And last, Drew Locke has a first round, first round wide receiver. He's throwing to. It's sure. Jerry Judy. Okay.
0: Sure. sure.
2: And he has a another and Tim Patrick and Noah Fond. These aren't tremendous weapons. Okay. I mean, come on. Like we we gotta stop saying that. Uh, I'm telling you what this, the 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 leash is short. I'm telling you right now the leash is short. This week, if Carson turns the ball over two times, he's out. I'm telling middle, you right now. Middle of the
0: game, you think he's gonna get the he's I, gonna get the hook. I, I
2: think Doug Peterson is finally gonna succumb to the pressure. If I'm telling you, if we're down, John, if we're down twenty-one to three,
0: I think we need a bet here.
2: I, I'm I, I'm in. I'm in.
0: Uh, we, we, we I, think, I think you guys you know, have to have a bet and we have to throw out like a Uber, something like really good food that we can have Uber Eats delivered to each <laughs> one of your houses and I'll mediate. <laughs> so I'll take care of the ordering. Yeah. So what's it going to be? So, John, what's the over-under on Hertz getting yanked? You don't think it's going to happen at all, John? And Tony says, two turnovers, he's out.
1: If, Peterson if you, doesn't have the marbles to do it. Wow. Period. Uh, I,
2: I think Peterson has prayed to God extra special this week. And, you know, asking to bestow on him a pair of cojones that he doesn't really have to say, you know what? I need to win a game. And if I'm going to lose a game, the problem is I, I can't. I can't lose, especially in the MC East. Can't lose it.
0: Can't lose it. Yeah, okay, maybe. But let, let's let's try to switch roles a little bit and try to um, make an assumption on what we think might be happening so who were those two coaches that Peterson said? Oh, yeah, they're coming back. And then the next day they were fired. Who was it? It was Mike D. Rowe. And, and <laughs> so it's almost like when he said, oh, yeah, they're coming back. And then, you know, uh, your boy Jeff Lurie called down and said, they're not, you know, they're out of here. We're making a change. Then right away, uh, Peterson never addressed that situation. So what I've heard during the offseason and again, unsubstantiated, but just the stuff that you read, who knows how how much yep. of it is true or whatever, but that Carson Wentz and Jeffrey Lurie have a tight relationship. Let's just let's just hypothetically say that that's true. Okay. Um you know, will will Peterson be afraid of catching flack if he benches Wentz and destroys his confidence even more because I'm going to tell you something right now. See Wentz, mentally, we you know he's fragile. Not physically. I, I, dude is tough as nails, you know what I mean? He's he's tough, dude. Anybody that could play like that and come back from that kind of injury, you'd never question his heart. But mentally, it looks like he's fragile. Maybe it's just this year. I don't know. But if this dude gets benched for Jalen Hurts, and let's just say, okay, since we're playing, uh, we're playing imagination. Let's just say you're right, Tone. Let's just say he goes in and he balls out, and he throws for a couple of touchdowns and he wins the game. What what happens then? Uh, uh, that's that's my listen.
2: That's the problem. But unfortunately, you know, I said that before. I, I I really feel like if Jalen Hurts goes into the game that he doesn't come back out. I think I do. I just, I, I I keep saying that and I don't want to beat a that drum and we are going to move on in a minute. I just, listen, I I sit there and I watch, and I know everybody's going to, I'm going to get flat for this, but I really don't care. I watch Russell Wilson. I watched I watched Tua this week. I watched Kyler Murray. We all see I watched that. the evolution of these quarterbacks. These hybrid quarterbacks that can run all over the place. And 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 I when I mean run, we're not talking about Steve McNair run. We're talking about these guys are run. They're making people miss like ridiculously. Like remember that shake that McNabb had against Washington? Yeah, like do. that right. Like, okay, this is what the they're juke. doing. The juke. Yeah, the yeah, juke. Exactly. It was ridiculous, yeah, right? It was ridiculous. And and again, th- this is what I'm saying. So you know, for me, in my opinion, because we've seen such a st- – think about it, guys. It, uh, this offense has been a- abysmal at times. It's been so vanilla, it's when it makes you fall asleep. And all of a sudden, this shiny new toy comes in, and he, and he and gets a little energy. And before you know it, the sidelines get energetic. The coaches are getting energetic. What? Ha- it's contagious. For sure. Right? And so, that, that, again, maybe that could be the reason why. Doug doesn't want
0: to change. You, you've been saying that for a while now, and we we all know that the that offense is built around the run pass option. It's an RPO yes. based offense, right? So when you think about it, theoretically, a player of Hertz's caliber should be able to run that offense better. Um, I guess that's why they drafted him high. You know, I mean, they didn't draft him in the second round to just be this, you know, this uh, Taysom type of plug in yeah. gadget player. I don't think, and I, maybe they're doing that just to sort of get him warmed up. But you're right. The guy can play, you know, and um, he he definitely can run that offense. I mean, Nick Foles You're ran a better RPO than Carson Wentz did, and absolutely. he was a freaking statue. So, absolutely, if he comes in and gets a shot and he starts bowling, you might be right, Tone. That could be the end. And I I think he can he can really play. I think it's just a matter of. Uh, salvaging what we have and I think the Eagles were caught in a kind of a weird time. I know they gave Wentz a lot of money, but they sort of had to because of the timing, right? So yes. and they wound up getting him cheaper in terms of what they could have paid him if they would have compared his deal to someone else and I forget who it was. So they had no choice but to sign him at that point. And you couldn't keep Foles as a starter because no. Foles as a starter was garbage. He right. was great coming in, but he was he was he wasn't a star. He's not starter material or at least he wasn't anyway. So we know what, we know that's why they made that decision. Looks like he's wearing a bulletproof vest on. The <laughs> a flak jacket. Yeah, yeah he's got a, he's got a flak jacket on. Come on, dude,
2: stop. Like, You're right, Tony. I think
0: if he, if they get a shot at Jalen Hurts, the Shawnee Nuttallian, he starts running it, then you know it's it just doesn't bode well for Carson Wentz. 17 oh. turnovers, Eagles have, and Wentz has 16 of them. Who's gonna defend what I just said? Go exactly. ahead, exactly. defend what I just said. That's
2: the problem. I, I,
0: Andre, maybe one of the comments, and
2: I love this. Doug is the epitome of the phrase, even a garbage can get a steak if you hang around a steakhouse a long enough. I, mean, <laughs> I love it. Even a garbage can't get the steak if you hang around the steakhouse long That's enough. A That's a good point. a good point, Andre. It is great, man. Uh, it is great. Oh, Lord. this. Uh, Trevor says this sounds like Dan Sider or Robert Griffin. I, I don't let's hope, know. Let's hope not. Andre let's says Carson not. is the Paul George of the NFL. Holy wow. Man. Look wow. at that. Wow. Andre coming in hot. Trevor says Jalen Hurts balls out, gets on a phone, and order your Hurts jersey now. See, he, I, I, I'm telling you, that's that's what they're, let, wearing, that's what they're let afraid Let me ask of. you this. Yeah, Look, I'm, I'm
1: not saying that he can't ball out. If he comes in in relief of Wentz in any given game and wins okay. that game and right. gets to start the next week and doesn't give it up, absolutely, that is absolutely possible. But if I'm a good head coach and I'm even thinking that that's in the realm of possibilities, am I, how many pass attempts does Jalen Hurts have on the year? Do I not just bring in Jalen Hurts for a freaking series every game if I think that I'm going to trust him with running the offense if I got to yank my starter? Why do you not run him for a, a series in I any agree. given game? I well, agree that's why that. I don't think he's getting yanked. Either that or Peterson's a complete idiot.
2: John, so pick
1: one. Pick John, either let one. me ask
2: you this before we move on. I got to ask you this. You, you, you're a soccer coach just like I am, okay? And guess what? Just pretend that the kids that we coach are paid players, okay? And you pay your goalie X amount of money because he had he's number one on potential, but number two, you know he can be really good. You you continually lose game after game because he's given up three and four goals. And you got another kid sitting on a bench that you brought in from another program that's kind of like you see it in him, but you're really not sure. You know, but you know if he goes in. That he may never come out.
1: You're not making that change? You're going to keep giving up four goals a game? You know you're no, going to make that change. I, yes, I will make the change, but I will make it for a half. And the following week, my starting goalie is still the starting goalie. But I will give him exposure before I turn the reins over to him. So it's a little bit different in soccer where you have complete half. No, I get but- it but yeah so yes you give him a shot but no the reins have not changed as to who my starter is but you get you let you get a feel for what this guy can do and a goalie's a little different than uh and I get I get the uh anecdotal there yeah i'm but just yeah, i'm just trying it, it's not man. just it's not just how he is and the athlete he is but it's like don't just put him in there on four plays and have all four plays be run plays that you know that are happening, give them a pass attempt, give them a series. Like don't punish Wentz, just say, yo, just like back, back years ago when, uh, when the wildcat was like new, it's yes. like you run the wildcat for like a series or whatever you, you throw it in there more than just, Oh, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to bring Hertz in. I'm going to run the ball.
0: No, you're right. But what if, what if he just can, cont- that would be the logical way to handle it. But what if he just continues to keep playing the way he's been playing? How long does it go on for before you're finally like, I'm not just going to use Hertz or whoever in a series. I'm going to turn the keys over to the kid and see what he can do. I've seen enough. Now, again, we're we're in Philadelphia. We're impatient. We're irrational. We don't make a lot of sense sometimes. We always call for the backup quarterback, no matter who it is. There's always a quarterback controversy. There's always a drama in the city of Philadelphia. right? It's just who we are. That It's always going to happen. It was a matter of time before they start calling for hurts, but man, when's, is it making it any easier? I mean, that play that he made when he threw the ball up in the air, I can't get it out of my head. I watched it 5,000 times when he spun around and I don't know what he did or what that was, but that was a horrible, horrible decision. And you oh. don't expect to see stuff like that coming out. of This guy has been in the league for five years. that's being paid as a premium quarterback or even oh. regarded as a premium quarterback. He's somewhere else mentally right now. And you know, it, I just don't think that this situation may be, all right, well, the quarterback's not playing well. Uh, Maybe we should give the backup a series or two and then, you know, put him back in. I just, this just looks like a total dismantling of Carson Wentz.
2: It does. And I'm going to say two things we get to our trivia question here and Andre 100% spot on Hertz's role is being executed in New Orleans with number seven. The Eagles are missing an opportunity to do the same because of Doug. That's all I'm going to say about Hertz. 100% completely, completely agree. The last thing I'm going to say, and this again goes against a narrative that I hear this goes on national networks as well as local networks, and everybody talks about, hey, well, you know, did you see Russell Wilson just throw the ball up? Hey, you know, when Aaron Rodgers just throws the ball, everybody says, oh, you know, they just talking off the – it's okay. Let me just say something. Again, Aaron Rodgers has won something. Russell Wilson has won – stop comparing Carson Wentz to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. We 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 have to stop that correlation. It right now it's not the same. You can't base on what these prestigious quarterbacks are doing compared to what Carson Wentz is doing. Just can't do it. It just doesn't have it doesn't have the same context. It doesn't make the same sense.
1: Okay, it's compare, just compare him to Jared Goff.
0: There you go. And
2: I hate Jared Goff.
0: He stinks. I'm not a, I'm uh, not a golf fan at all. He, he looks blows. like he's that actor out of L A. Looks just like. Jared Goff. God. Oh, uh, well, I know who you're talking about. You know what about. I'm talking about. Right? He's super popular. I just yeah, can't remember yeah. who he is. He looks just like him. Every time yeah. I see his stupid face, I think yeah. of Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Dude, you get take off like,
2: steal money.
0: Stop. Another one. So let's get to the Eagles
2: tribute question for this week. Uh, I, I see if anybody can get this one. Who's nine interceptions in a season put him at second on the Eagles most picks in the season list? That's an interesting one. So who's nine interceptions in a season guy had nine interceptions in the season and it put him at second on the Eagles. Most picks in the season list. So he's now, so for, again, we had a lot of good cornerbacks for the Philadelphia Eagles, Uh, you know, but again, this is a trivia question. So you never know who this may be. So again, somebody check it in, give us an answer. We'll hold ours for later. But again, who's nine interception in the season. God damn it. Trevor, God, Trevor gets it right off the bat. He's a Sante Samuel, and he's not even a damn Philadelphia fan. I hope he didn't Google that. That that was pretty fast. I i I'm giving give Trevor Trevor could pull some out, dude. If it was somebody else on Twi- on a uh, Twitch or something, but nah, Trevor got it, man. That's good. That's a really good pull, man. And by the way, it was
0: Ryan Gosling.
2: It looks like uh, oh Jared yes, Goff. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. You're right. That, that dude. I can't believe hey, Trevor this week and, and, and John. Who was it called weeks ago? Was a Lynch, Bob yeah. Lynch, or yeah. yeah, all of a sudden I was like, "What? Where did? Wow, Trevor, good pull, bro, good boy." I, nice I'll tell point. you what, for my money, Asante Saint, one of my favorite players ever for the Eagles. I love Asante Samuel. I did. I know he didn't want to tackle, but I didn't care. I just, I just liked his persona. Well, I he, brought he brought yeah, an attitude. Yeah, I loved it. He brought that New England right. uh he says, "Excuse, excuse me, Ryan Gasling is Cliff Kingsbury." Yeah, yeah you know what? <laughs> it's true. That's crazy. They can have like a threesome. That's scary, man. <laughs> that is scary. Uh, but oh, that's good. That 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 shortens a segment, which is good. Thank you, Trevor. Uh, for I appreciate that. But let me ask you guys something because I want to stick with the NFL before we move on, and we'll get we'll we'll, we'll throw some predictions out there for the Eagles game later. I uh, think but, Cliff
0: is spelled with a K too. By the way, Just is a it? little typo It's double K?
2: Double K, <laughs> double K, like Kyle Corver like, uh, uh, double K. But, uh, yeah, right. Uh, uh, Andre says he was, well, I was going to go old school with Herm Edwards. Wow, he was going to go back. Andre was trying to get the instant pull there with Herm Edwards. Uh, But listen, looking at, we mentioned these names earlier, and I'm curious who you guys take, because I think right now in the NFL, you have two style quarterbacks, and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen both are balling, right? Taller stature guys, stronger, mobile, but very powerful arms. Then you have the Tua's and the Kyle Murray. Smaller guy, a lot faster, not as deep of an arm, but, you know, makes plays. If it were you and your franchise, Mike, I'll start this one with you. If it's your franchise. You could pick one of those prototypes. Which one are you going with and why? Who do you like better? do you like the 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 one prototype or the other ones better?
0: It's a tough one, man. It's it's not an it's not an easy question to answer. No. Um, but it, it, I mean, and you've been you've been hammering this point now for weeks. It just seems like the NFL is moving more towards that hybrid type of quarterback. And when they tried to do it before, I don't know if it wasn't the NFL wasn't ready for it or if the athletes weren't ready for it. I don't know Maybe it was a combination of both because it seems like every couple of years, that's what the trend is, right? They get away from the pocket passers and the statues that we like to call them, and they move into this hybrid approach. Well, now I think since uh, Mahomes basically redefined the quarterback position, Great everybody point. wants to find the next Patrick Mahomes. Yep. So this is which way they're going. I mean, two is a really exciting player for me, man, and I would certainly have to lean on that side because the 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 upside of this guy is absolutely tremendous. I mean, it's just unbelievable when you see this kid play, and um, you know, it looks like he's completely over that injury. um, And the Dolphins are going to be a team that I had said during a previous episode that you know by the end of the year you're probably not going to want to play them because they just keep getting better and better and better. Great head head coach, Brian Flores.
2: Yeah. That two was twenty or twenty eight. I mean, you, uh, listen, man, we could say, mean, whatever. say whatever 20 whatever
0: 28. Want, That's not that's 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 not too shabby.
2: Yeah, for all for all the people out there that said he couldn't throw, guy wasn't accurate, he's not a good passer. All, stop. See, this is why I hate when people talk. Sometimes let the kid play, and, you know, let, let it, let it go and see what happens. And listen, he's proven to expect it's wrong.
0: man. And it took a lot of guts to, to pull uh, Fitzmagic magic out, especially when he was hot, but we all know what Fitzmagic magic is, right? He's Fitz magic just is. he gets super streaky. And uh, you know, then he, then he loses five games. Right. But everybody's like, Oh, you're pulling him out. He's doing great. They knew it. They knew they'd get this kid to start playing. And uh, two, it looks like he's, everything is advertised. Yeah, you're right,
2: Mike. I, I don't know. It's a good point because it's almost like, you know, when you look back they do they did they try to do this before with the Robert, the RG threes, right? Uh, you know, we, we remember that, but it just was a different league then, like you said, complete. I mean, I don't ever remember, probably in the past three or four years that rookies at every position have played so much. You know, we are you're very dependent on a draft of the NFL franchise. If your picks do not play, you will not gonna win. Simple as that. And we're seeing that play out more and more and more now. Is it because the players are more prepared coming for college in the NFL? Or is it what I think is because you're playing more of a college-style offense and a college-style game inside the NFL now because of these new new coaches? I mean, you got, you know, whether it be Kingsbury, whether it be McDreamy out there in L.A., right? I mean, you're talking about these young coach is coming in playing this up top up, up tempo style football. So and it it just plays into the hands of all these young guys. It really does. John, what do you think? I mean, you are looking at a franchise of Big Ben is play. He's one leg out the door. So if you had a chance to to, to replace Big Ben, what what style quarterback are you going after? Are you going after the Herbert Allen type or the Mary Tua type? What do you think?
1: <laughs> see, I I almost don't see those as the two opposite sides. No, I mean, in reality, I want a quarterback. I, number one, I need a smart quarterback. I don't care if you're big or tall. I'm going to see you're smart, how you read defenses. Look, what I want in a quarterback is escapability. I don't need you to run for 50 yards. Look, we know that Mahomes is one of the best. I don't care about his running ability. It is him reading a defense, his athletic ability, but it, it's all because of how he reads the defense and what he does. His athletic ability makes him elite on top of his his smartness of the sport. So I want a guy that's smart, number one. I don't care if you're taking off for long runs, but I want you to be smart enough to look for the open guy, make your reads, and if it's not there and you see a lane, be able to take that fifteen yards. So I mean, I don't really, I didn't really answer your question. A no, size, okay. like, and and I will say, I don't know what the longevity is of some of these quarterbacks. All right, I don't see Josh Allen. Look, he's having a great year, and he may be a a very good quarterback for years to come. But I don't believe that his body is going to be able to take the punishment if he continues to rush. For nine touch, I mean, look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton was the same. What is he now? He's beat up because That's he took different. a ton. Tu- well, you could say it's different. He's That's beat different. up, and now he is relying on his passing ability. Look, um, what's his face? Uh, Josh That's Allen good. is. Josh Allen is not an accurate passer. He still isn't. I'm sticking to that, and so he needs to develop his passing game to have longevity in the league. And some of these guys that, you know, do a lot of running but aren't good passers, I don't, you know, look, go sign them for that contract after their rookie year. But I think a lot of teams will make a big mistakes.
0: John said, he said, an interesting point, um, the processing of information fast, right? So you got to be able to look at the defense and got to be able to know what's coming at you and then be able to adjust the offense. I mean, you're talking milliseconds. They got to process all this information and think about it. There's an entire defensive coordinator, an entire team that are all scheming to beat you and to show you looks to confuse you and everything else. So you have to the the amount of information these guys not only have to remember, but process on the fly is unbelievable. And Mahomes, because just like you said, John, not only does he have all that. But then he's got this insane physical ability to do things that not many other, not many players can do on top of that, which makes him the ultimate weapon. And I believe two is a lot like that, cut in that, uh, cut in that mold, which is why, watch, which is why I said to it, but that's what everybody wants right now. So I agree with John 100%. It all starts with the brain power. No question about it. Trevor says, am I lean that I like a pocket passer
2: that can scramble when necessary, like that kid Kyle Trask kid." No, he's old farm. school. You're just old school, man. That's everybody wants that. We all want that. But it's just it's, don't, don't watch Philip Rivers falling down trying to tackle
0: someone. Uh, <laughs> like, Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. He can do whatever know, he wants. But, uh,
2: dude, we gotta play that meme over and over again. Uh Andre says, exactly what you just said, Mike. And the same thing with you, John Mahomes sounds like enough credit for manipulating the defense before the snap, which leads to open lanes and blown coverages. I agree with John on this uh yeah I, I again because you know why andre you know what football is that's a, a lot of people don't know football a lot of people don't realize how important that position is it, it, everybody killed that wonderling test but well, there's a pro there's a reason why they give that test there's right because of what mike said processing information i
0: didn't do too well in that test I, I, it,
2: it. To Vince Young. Uh, but
0: <laughs> i wonder how ben Denucci did
2: ben, I, I don't know how he did but i'm curious i'm curious man <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I would definitely go. I think, you know, I'm I lean more towards the two and the collar guy because you know, Mike, you you talked about the RPO, and that RPO is so deadly. If you have the right, it's so deadly. And you watch teams, they can't. You you can't defend that. You just can't. If you if, if you have a good blocking scheme, you cannot defend that. It's impossible. You're gonna. It's like a, a penalty kick for a goalie in soccer. I don't care how good you are. You just got to pick a side, and you got to hope that that side of the guy kicks it at right. I mean, it's just you got one second to think, and that's it. Uh, so yeah, I, I I mean, I just one thing I will say is I'm very very excited about you know now being able to just watch the NFL game. And watching these young guys, it's so, I'll tell you what, whether you watch Red Zone, whether you watch a game, it doesn't matter, but there is an exciting play all the time. And the NFL has definitely upped their ante when it comes to being exciting and putting out a product that people cannot live without. Let's face it. We cannot live without the NFL. So
0: now, that you're just you're just basically saying that you're done with Wentz, put Hurts in, because I want to be like everybody else. I want to see the Shawnee toy. Go ahead, say it. Uh, okay, well I, I, let's get to the important stuff John what are we gonna bet I want to see some sort of a food bet here I'm holding you guys to this bet right? so let's just let's just clear the air really quick well we only we, we, said
2: two got, quarters we got going around in Barstool, testing all these Phillies pizzas and cheesesteaks. and and I don't know I I you know I
0: never had an Angelo steak I keep hearing Angelo's and it's, well I haven't had an Angelo steak but their pizza let me tell you something is unbelievable i mean i think he gave it like a 9-1 or a 9-2 yeah, or yeah, something outrageous i'm telling you it's unbelievable and i heard their cheesesteaks are insane also
2: so i think we i think we got a better cheesesteak and a pizza from angelo's and
0: wow i, I, I think that's what that's got to be on the call. the gauntlet has been thrown down john do you accept and, the challenge
1: and this is for Wentz getting pulled this week if the giants are down
2: Remember, if they're down and he and I said he, he turns the ball over two times
1: down by wh- what
2: I said, they're down, like, say, 21, three, say, you know, because of give the me, two a, no, turnovers. give me
1: a point spread where they have to be down want by a point spread? 14. All right, 14 or more,
0: 14 two or more, yeah, with two you, turnovers. Usually, you, 14 or more, and then you got to, you know, that means that you're going to win. If it's less than 14 and he doesn't get pulled, what if he gets pulled in the third quarter and they're up, uh, you know, they're down 10?
1: No, no, I don't, if he gets too many no, scenarios there, hard. if he gets, no, I don't care if he get if he gets yanked <laughs> because they're losing and he, and his turnovers caused it.
0: Okay. Okay, I, I mean, mean that's fair. That's fair, right?
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, they're yeah, going so. to lead. I mean, those turnovers are going to lead the points. I mean, it's as
1: simple as that.
0: That's going to run you about twenty-five bucks for the pizza and the, the cheesesteak. So all oh, good. $25. I
1: I, d- I just want to have a meal in public with Tony. You know what I mean? That's I know. Yeah, uh, that's good, man. Right. I'm, do I'm, do man. I really lose? I mean, Mikey, you come. You ain't. You can't come with us.
0: I uh, I would love to, but no, uh, uh, you can. You know what? You guys can, uh, I can, I can uh, video in and I can watch you yeah. eat it. We'll Zoom <laughs> yeah. That would we'll suck Zoom. majorly because that food is
2: amazing. Yeah. We'll have a Zoom meeting. There that's we go. All. We'll have a Zoom meeting at Angelo's. That's, a, that's the way it's going to go. 100%. So let's let, let, let let's flip this from basketball. I, first, I want to talk about a little basketball from football. And the reason why is it just, I'm just going to make it short on this, but the Sixers unveiled their new jerseys today their new city jerseys which has boathouse row in the background and for some reason they got trashed i don't understand it i think they were hot as hell loved them i really liked how they came out even they had a they they have a sonic ttp kind of in the that you could try to make out like people say they seen god up in the clouds it's a a kind of thing right but i thought they were hot man yeah i like it too right yeah right i mean and my question is were, were people dogging it just because it was Ben Simmons? Like, do you think if Joel Embiid came out wearing it, that it wouldn't get as much flack, but because it was Ben? I mean, they got killed for it. Like, literally got killed. I, I was really surprised. I I, I do. I, I really like the jersey. I can't wait to see him wear it. Uh, and I was really surprised. So, you know, speaking on that, I just want to real quick, you get a quick consensus. And I know Andre will like this, but... You, know, you you hear so many things, and I'm still on record as saying I know Andre disagrees with me, but I still say Ben Simmons will not be part of this team in December. I I still think he is gone. Just my opinion. Just, just my opinion. Um, no, no substance, no resources, no sources, no nothing. But that being said, say it's not, and Andre's right. Does Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons is that enough with Doc Rivers to get you a ring? I don't think it is.
0: You already know the answer to that.
2: So, you know, and and that's the problem I keep having going back and forth that if it's not enough, how can you make it be enough without moving one of those pieces? Don't think it can happen. I don't think it can happen. And that's just my point. When I look at uh, you know an NBA, and I look at, at you know a uh, Eastern Conference that is now going to have guys like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, I look at a stronger Celtics team again, I look at a stronger Indiana team. I know Toronto is still going to be tall and still going to be forceful because of who they are and what they represent. I mean the, the, listen, if there's no changes except those three guys, I just don't think that those three guys are enough. I don't think Doc Rivers is what takes them over the top. There needs to be another move. And I just I, I know the Buddy Heel things out there, and I know a lot of people think that listen, you're not getting Buddy Heel from Mike Scott. Stop.
0: <laughs> right?
2: Stop. Like people, like you're not getting the point. Like you I, I love when people play fantasy GM. It's like I always say, think about this. If you were running a team, are you taking Mike Scott for Buddy? Hell no, hell no. You're not doing it. So I just, I, I just think we're in for a lot of changes coming up. And I just wanted your guys' opinion on what you think, what you know about the big three and about the jerseys. Like you say, you like the jerseys, right? I think you agree with me about you don't think the
0: eagle that the
2: Eagles, the Sixers can win with those three. Correct?
0: I don't. Um, but again. I mean, I'm, I'm coming from the school of um, I'm sort of just tired of it and I want to see something else. Um, I've said this, you know, p- previous episodes where I'm just sort of done with it. I'm done with the Twitter and the talking and no backing it up and the same old thing every year. Yes. Now, I do love Doc Rivers, right? I do. I think the signing was great. And I believe that if they're going to get anything out of these kids, because they are kids, man, they're young. Um, then, uh, it it, it Rivers is just as good as anybody to be able to do that, but I don't think the three of them are enough, you know? Um, and again, you know, when you start talking about the possible free agents that they can bring in here, when you look at the list, man, people that's out, the people that are out there right now, I don't see anybody out there that I would say we have to go and run and get, because I don't think there's any difference makers that are out there. You know, you can get some role playing guys. You can get some bench guys and stuff like that. I mean, they're they're going to be out there, but you know, when you're looking at Bellinelli, he's a he's a it's a retread. We had him before. I exactly. think he's not good, but he's a retread. I mean, you know, we're talking about Ruben Amaro is a retread. I can't stand retreads. Solomon Hill, okay, maybe. Kyle Corver. Right. How is Kyle Corver? Still playing. How old is this kid?
2: it's just that core is a guy you pick up on a a bogus contract at the trade deadline. I mean, come on, you know what I mean? stop it. they're they're not useful. I'm sorry. they're, they're, they're not they're, useful.
0: They're not useful. They're not going to help us, bro. I mean, Austin Rivers isn't going to help us. It's just not. it's if you want to go and you make these 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 uh, trades or, or these acquisitions, Great, but it's going to come down to the nucleus. And do the, do I think those three are enough? No, and you're probably going to have to move one of them in order to get better. And um, I don't think they're going to be able. To, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think Doc Rivers comes here knowing that he's going to trade one of those three. He wants to probably work with them.
2: I think he. I think he does come here knowing he's going to trade one of
0: them. Yeah, you said you you th- you said last episode when we spoke last week. You said that you think he came in here thinking that Simmons was um. Not gonna I, be here,
2: right? I, I think he really feels though. I, I listen. I, I think as much as P pe- see, here's a difference. A lot of people think, and and I, again, this is just again, this is just Jigsaw's own judgment. Okay, but I feel like Doc walked into that room, and everybody thinks that the owners want to hear that. Any coach coming in was going to say, I want to work with these two guys. I think the opposite. I think Doc came in straight up and said, listen, these two guys can't play together. I'm telling you that right now. What we need to do is we need to move one of these guys to get somebody else here that will translate into a winning formula to guarantee you guys a championship. And again, I keep asking the same question. Andre says, of course, he's six will make a few moves to other teams. Andre's connected. Okay, I can tell you that right now. Andre's connected. And he says, but it's tough. They really don't want to lose. Ben. I Listen, whether they really don't or not is irrelevant to me. I think they ultimately will because I ask the same question, and I'll say it again, whether it's James Harden, whether it's Devin Booker or whether it's Bradley Beal. If you replace any three of those guys with Ben Simmons, you are a better team, bar none, bar none. And then if you bring guys like Mike just said, you want to bring a bound or you want to bring whatever, that's fine They're bench guys. But we're talking about these guys coming in to actually play a role. That's not going to happen. Any single one, that's a score that you don't have. It's a score. You don't just throw 30 points into a team at night and not win. It's right. You you make the listen. Here's my point Joel Embiid can be the best player, the best big man in the NBA. Number one, his conditioning has to get better. Number two, his role within the game has to get better. And I think we all know that. But one thing's for sure you cannot get better as a team when Joel gets the ball, gets double teamed, and has nobody to pass the ball out to. OK, he's not the the, the way this team is set up. He passed out to Ben, who is then looking to pass again. No, you pass out to Devin Booker. You pass out to James Harden. You pass out to Bradley Bill. They're shooting the ball. OK, and then if they're not going to shoot the ball, then that's when Tobias comes into play. So I think the element of this team with somebody else, it the dynamic, completely changes. And yeah, Mike, like, I think that's what Doc Rivers knows. I do. I, I think that's why. Daryl Morey More is here. I think Daryl Morey is here specifically for that because he has the experience. Think about this. if Why is Daryl Morey here then? Why? He's not, it, like, seriously. I, I, listen, I know he sounds great. You know, I want to be here with all these guys. I want Listen, Daryl Morey wants to win. He doesn't have a ring. Daryl Morey doesn't have a ring, right? He wants a ring, which means, again, do whatever he has to do to win, and I still think that is moving Ben Simmons. I do.
0: I don't think you have any choice. I don't. What would it? What would it say if you want to move Ben Simmons? What are you expecting? Realistically, You're what expect- do you want? You, you you want to score? What what's what's right? he what's he bring? What's Ben Simmons bring in trade equity?
2: Well, that's the thing. You know, the thing is when people have to realize it's it's just not going to be Ben. It's not like you're just going to get James Harden straight up for Ben or Bradley Bill straight up for Ben. I mean, that just shows you the limitations of Ben. You're going to have to give up more draft capital, right? Draft capital. That's what's going to happen.
0: It always comes down to draft capital.
2: It always does, right? It always does. Uh, You know, Andre saying that Darrell is really here to make a tough move that no one wants to make. That's my point. Andre, that that's my point. And again, I'm not, I've always said if I had to trade Ben Simmons or Joel, I would always trade Joel because I think his standard test of time is three to four years tops, okay, because of his conditioning. But at the end of the day, if you can tell me that I can get a guy like a J, James Harden, I get, 31 years old, he's old. Listen, man, your window is this big. If James Harden could come in here and average 36 for two years, you're winning his chip, dude. You're winning a chip with this. So team. what's it gonna
0: take? What's it gonna take to get Harden? What best guess? I, I probably,
2: i was definitely gonna take Ben, right? So say go throw Ben, and then you'll throw him some, some Zaire Smith, and, pro, and probably a first oh, round pick. God, I hate just hearing I, that. Right? Name. Think about it. I mean, that's that's what's going. But but you know what? At the end of the day, who cares? It, it, you know, it, and that's what I keep saying we had a chance, and we had a chance two years, three years ago, to get Kawhi Leonard. And everybody said they weren't moving Ben or Joe to get him. And what did Kawhi do? He went to Toronto and did what? Won a friggin' ring. Why? Because he's that good. Same thing could happen here. Same thing could happen here. Yeah, but certainly
0: they really didn't have two. I mean, they have role players in Toronto, right? But it was right. all centered around Kawhi. I mean, it certainly could happen. It.
2: It's 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 crazy.
0: So so you you think they brought Andre thinks they brought Daryl in just to be the scapegoat to make the trade that nobody wants to make. And you know what? That's that's probably that's not a bad theory. I never thought of that. Remember, he's a hanky guy. He is a hanky guy. At the end of the day, he's a hanky guy.
2: I'm a hanky guy. Right? I mean, listen. In Houston, he he what did he do? He brought in CP3. He brought in Russell Westbrook. He brought in Paul George. He brought in all these. I mean, he was the guy to make the splash. He was the guy to make the trades.
0: He's going to do something. That's for sure. He's He's doing something. He's he's here for a reason.
2: Yes, he's here. He's here because he went. I'm telling you, he's with Doc. They talk. This guy was ready to retire. I keep saying he was ready to retire. Yeah, he was. Right. So now what did he want? He wanted a ring. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, listen. I I just think something's happening. Who knows what it's going to be, but it's going to happen soon. And I think we're all going to be very shocked. But I think it's going to make sense. Now, let's swing over to Major League Baseball real fast. And I think this is hilarious. I I, I Here, here it comes. I can't stop laughing. Okay. Number one, how Tony La Russa still gets a manager's job. It's beyond me. I, I listen. God bless the guy. Okay. I, I've always liked La Russa, but I, he's a little over the hill, isn't he? I mean, come on, but whatever. But here's the story. Chicago White Sox manager <laughs> Tony La Russa has been charged with driving under the influence from a February arrest. According to court documents, La Russa was arrested in Arizona after he allegedly ran his car into a curb near a <laughs> Phoenix area road. Reports yes. also notes that La Russa was charged one day before the White Sox announced him as their new manager.
0: I wonder what you think they, they didn't know, did they?
2: Oh, uh, it says a white uh, spokesperson says the team was aware of the situation, but would it comment further citing that it was still an active case? So this is what I have to ask. What's, and the, I, issue? I say, What's the issue here with this? The, the, the issue for me is you're you are a celebrity, right? Why are you driving? For Christ's sake, even in the W friggin' W. E Alberto Del Rio was driven up to the ring in, in an arena because Alberto he was a celebrity. Del Rio? Was, right. Think about it. Oh, right? Mike. Why are these guys driving?
1: Yeah, why? he's a celebrity, Mike.
2: Like, think about, celebrity. Well, That's my point. My point is even guys like Alberto Del Rio <laughs> are getting driven up from the freaking entrance to the WWE ring inside an arena because he's too big to drive. I'm
0: going to tell, tell you why. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because, ego because thing. I'm just going to say, yeah, because you're like, all right, well. Um, I'm out and you know, uh, we've all done this before and you're out and you know, you've, you've had a couple of drinks and you're probably like, Oh, I'm okay to drive. And, you know, hopefully you have somebody that stops you and it takes the keys out of your hands because it always turns out to be a mess. Uh, and if you, it, if you just, you just think that you're okay and you know, let's just try to put yourself in his position. I'm Tony LaRussa. I just got a job. I'm back on top. Um, you know, I'm good. I'm feeling good about myself. Oh, I'm fine. He just, you know, ego, just like you said, and he just gets in the car. But I don't think a lot of these guys also want to be driven around. They just want to be like regular guys, just want to drive their cars or whatever, you know, but even not even that, why are you driving? How about just, how about just calling an Uber. Why That's can't what I'm we, saying. Just why call can't, a Lyft or something. Why
1: just, can't we just all be like Alberto Del Rio <laughs> from the WWE, as well, Tony says? If everybody was Alberto Del Rio, it wouldn't be any wouldn't drunk be driving. we be having this conversation. You know what I mean?
2: John, do you know who Alberto Del
1: Rio is? Really? You think <laughs> I would make that comment if I did? The, the I man, love the, Alberto hey, look, Del Rio. The, I know there's a lot of wrestling fans out there, Tony. I know you're one of them. I know, <laughs> but I'm I, sorry. I I'm be sorry, guys. I, I I can't get into it, man.
0: He's I just know. lucky he didn't kill somebody or himself. What a,
1: right. Exactly. Uh it,
0: absolutely. He
1: drove, up on
2: a, he drove up on a curb. He's like 109 years old. It probably wasn't alcohol, it was icy hot overdose. Uh <laughs> Ben Gay. <laughs> I don't know, but, yeah, exactly. Like, Tony LaRusa is old, man. I mean, listen, I, maybe the only thing I could think of is with this move, and, and, again, the drunk driving thing is ridiculous, but for the Chicago White Sox, I think it's they have a really good young team. They have a really good pitch staff. They're young, they're ready to win, and they're hungry. So they figure let's bring in the old vet. You know Uncle Charlie, like Charlie Manuel, you know, in two thousand and six or five or I forget when they they named him as as the manager for the Phillies. But it's like let's bring in the old vet, show these young guys how to play, yeah, stability, and maybe get them ready, right? Stability, yeah, stability, absolutely. I mean that, that that's that's one thing for sure.
0: A retread, um,
2: but but yeah, God damn it, Tony, get a goddamn Uber. <laughs>
0: he's all sauced up, driving a, driving his car on top of curves. He's all my banged loop. up. What's the matter on. with this guy? And that picture Unreal. of him looked like he's just he yeah. just looks a mess. Yeah, he does. A complete he does. mess. He doesn't look he right. He was having a good time. Just thank God he's okay and he didn't kill himself or anybody else.
2: Think about it, man. He had some teams in Oakland, boy. Oof. Well, and in yeah, St.
0: He, Louis. the he, teams that yeah, you know what? I, forget, I can't even forget St. Louis. Dude. Was he with um was he the manager for the Bash brothers in Oakland? Yes. So you're talking about Canseco and McGuire and um uh, that was a great team. That was Dave, a sick Dave team. Stewart at the helm. Who was Perry the uh, Steinbach was the catcher? Perry Steinbach was the catcher, and you had uh, was that Landberg. nasty reliever. Uh that, Dennis, Dennis Eckersley. Eckersley. Yep. Eckersley. Yeah. That was Rick a squad. Honeycutt. Rick Honeycutt yeah. That, that yeah. was a, that was a squad. Dave Henderson, Mike Gallego. Mike
2: Gallego. That's a name I haven't heard in a I remember 20 that years. team, man. That they that team was the truth. That, that was, was the truth. That was the um uh, the earthquake. You remember the earthquake series with San Francisco?
0: Yep. Will the Thrill
2: Clark. Will
0: the Thrill Clark. Remember
2: that? Will? Remember the that thrill. stiff
0: first baseman. Uh, Will Clark. He was a statue, <laughs> that Yo, guy.
2: He ran the second and his ass was still on first. That's how big it was. <laughs> he was such a stiff. Will, Will the Thrill. No, the biggest stiff was the pitcher, Rick Russell. Remember? Rick, Rick- Russell. <laughs> He even started an all-star game. How It was unbelievable. The, of the stiffs that were on some of these teams. It's man. unbelievable. It, it's great. We got to bring and that brings us to the 1991 World Series look back and this is what we do. We're going to come up with this new thing and it's, it's happened to be baseball. And it's because it scrolled across my feed one day, but every week I'm going to look back at either a game or a moment and just break down the roster of some of these gosh stars and stiffs alike like you just saw Rick Russell and the 91 World World Series. Look back. I'll tell you what. It's a 1-0 win. Game 7. Minnesota Twins. Okay, they, they beat the Atlanta Braves. But when we look at this team, I'm looking and I'm trying to remember before I even looked up the roster, I'm like, I wonder who was on that team. Right, so so what, let the me twins do or
0: The Braves or both?
2: So, so let's start with the Twins. And Mike, I'll start with you. Can you name me one player the twins? that was on the Twins for
0: that game, 1991. I'm look. I don't remember much. All right, from that game, but I do remember Kirby Puckett. Yes, Kirby Puckett was on that squad because Kirby yeah, was that was he was the man. I remember he was Kirby. the man. Yeah, he, he was. The man. Man. I, the I, man. Remember I remember more players on the Atlanta Braves. That team was crazy. And,
2: and this that. was the Metrodome that had like the the Glad the Glad trash bags and right field, like overseas. oh my god, that's right. It was terrible. I remember that. Uh, who 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 can I? Know you're a big baseball guy. So can you can you pull somebody out of this lineup for He's me? he got, one. On He's got a good one. Well,
1: I I I must tell you, I did a little research earlier. Oh, you cheated, John cheated. Oh, What? No, it was I didn't know that it was cheating. I I thought that was like my preparation to talk about this. So I wasn't aware that we weren't supposed to look at it. Chuck Knobloch was oh. the uh, was the guy that I the only other guy. It was Kirby chuck Knoblock, those did were the it, two that, didn't um, chuck
2: Knoblock like smack around somebody's wife or something <laughs> like what did like Figures you would remember that yeah because i think he was like in like tmz like it was like crazy like he got in some kind of trouble well, I I forget about recently yeah no no it, like back then like it oh, was, yeah like yeah it was it was pretty bad if you i pulled remember. up brett myers yeah oh brett brett Ma- andre J. Je- and that, that that was Jack Mars, Andre Jack Mars. Mars nice pull. That's a nice Jack pull. Jack Mars went four and O for the and won the World Series MVP, and he was thirty six years old. It's crazy, unbelievable, man. Um, he you know uh, yeah, Andre said it was ninety three. He was in the news for something crazy. Yeah, Knobloch did something crazy, something crazy. But how about the infamous? Kent Herbeck. Remember Kent Herbeck? Wow. Yeah, he was That's the cleanup not on heard that years. team. Yeah. You talk about a stiff at first base. That dude couldn't move at all. Kent Herbeck. I mean, he was like the John Cruck prototype. Uh, but, uh, I just,
0: just looked up Nabla. He was par- apparently in some sort of domestic incident, but then he interfered with the police, too, and it just got real messy. Uh, yeah, I, I he allegedly slammed bad. somebody's head and threw, he threw a humidifier at his wife or something. <laughs> a, a humidifier to do went nuts or something. I don't know I what happened. I told else. you, man. Maybe it was the Roids. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. He
2: was, yeah. All he those guys, are, they were all juiced. You know he backs. was juiced. He was definitely juiced. So, the, so check this out. Here's the lineup for the Minnesota Twins. Dan Gladden leading off in left field. Chuck Knoblock at second. Kirby Puckett in center. Kent Herbeck at first. DH, the infamous Chili Davis. Chili um, Davis. Chili Davis. He was, dude, he was a, a long stay in Major League Baseball. No you doubt. talk about somebody bouncing around the teams. He bounced around everywhere, man. Um, catcher, Brian Harper. Uh, wow. I forgot about him. Yeah, Shane too. Mack in right field. Mike Palerulo in third My, base. And what? Greg Gagne, Greg Gagne. Shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, a I would have I would have bet my money that Tommy Herr was on that team. Mm. And he wasn't. No. I'm shocked. I wonder if, hey John, you're a good was Rick Aguilera on that team in the bullpen? Remember when he he went off for yeah. Minnesota? He went from the Mets, and then all of a sudden became like the closer extraordinaire yeah. for, for
0: Minnesota, man. Yeah. yeah. As soon as he left, he became great. Yeah, he, he was. He wasn't <laughs> even he, that good. He was lights out. He wasn't even that good.
2: Oh, I remember, man. He was. He was on fire. Now let us switch over to the Braves. Okay, that's the squad. Yeah, John, I I'll I, I go with you first. Give me give me somebody in this Braves lineup that you remember. 1991, World Series game
1: seven. David Justice, number Madden one.
2: cleanup. David Justice, Halle
0: Berry's baby boy. Mike, who you got? I mean, just, you want to just go pitching? I mean, there's so yeah, many. whoever you yeah. want, man. Uh, just Tom Glavin. Tom, so
2: Tom Glavin. So can you guess who the starter was for that game? It wasn't Tom Glavin. It was Schmaltz, right? Was yes. John yeah. John Schmaltz? Yeah. yeah. John Schmaltz. John Schmaltz. John yeah. Uh, yeah, John Schmaltz. The the infamous with a Philly connection. Yep. Lonnie Smith leading off. Lonnie Smith lead Lonnie, off. Not about another guy with a big ass, Lonnie Smith.
1: Um how about, Man, you're, you're all about the or you're all about the rear today, aren't you, Toad? Well,
2: you know what it is? It's like you know some guys they just had the tremendous junk in the trunk when they're out there. Like it was uh who I'm trying to think of the, the reliever for the um Phillies. Who had it? Was like he would look walking in the dugout and his ass was throwing a pitcher's mouth. I forget. It was <laughs>
0: ridiculous.
2: Uh, how about Terry
0: Pendleton? Terry, Terry Pendleton.
2: Pendleton, third base, and Ron Gant at center field.
0: Who was in? Le- who was in re- left? Was it Dion? Brian Hunter. It was
2: Brian a- Hunter.
0: Player. Brian yeah. Hunter.
2: Wow. How about all right, Mike? Come on, first base. Who was playing first base?
0: Can you see him right now, rounding? I can. can. Uh, Rounded third,
1: like, I can.
0: I know. John. Just say it, John, because I can't think of who the name is. John, who is it?
1: Sid Bream.
0: Oh, Sid Bream. there it is. Sounds more like a hockey player.
2: <laughs> Sid,
0: yeah. Now playing like, center, Sid uh, Bream.
2: Watching him round first, third base on that. Oh my lord, man! It was like taking forever. Like I couldn't believe he actually made it. Unbelievable. Greg Olson as the catcher. Oh, yeah. Uh, and here's two names for you Mark Lempke at second base. I forgot about Raphael him. L. Shortstop.
0: Wow. I never liked Lempke.
2: No. I never liked the way he
0: looked. Yeah. That smug, <laughs> stupid look. I couldn't stand the uh, way he looked.
2: They had another guy like Lempke on that team. And I can't, like, I, oh, I can't remember who he was. They had two guys with Mark Lempke and some other stiff. That came off the bench. <laughs> he was a step. I know what you're
0: talking about. I can't think yeah, of Yeah, anything I can't again.
2: remember, man. I can't remember. But how about how about the the, the infamous Alejandro Pena coming out of the bullpen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was, oh, gee, Mike Stanton. That's when that's when that's when baseball was great. Oh, it was it was. It was just great. It was. Andre says the Braves got to get some credit because they came off a seven game series against John's Pirates this to lose in seven. That's a long run. Is that run. true, John? I didn't know that. Yes. That was the Bonds of Bonnie years,
1: right? That that single play was the downfall of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and we have not come out yet.
2: Sid yeah, who I was the you catcher, not. John? Was that Mike LeCavier?
1: Le uh, uh, player uh, Levalier, LeValier, that's it.
0: Mike LeValier. Bank LeValier. Wow. So was, was Barry Bonds on that squad? Yeah. yeah. Bonita. That's before when he had a uh, Bobby Bonet. That's when he had a uh, normal it was That was Andy Van Slyke, Bobby Bo, um, uh, Barry yep. Bonds. It was yep. When Bonds before the juice. Before the juice.
1: Yeah. yeah, before the juice. Maybe yeah, they, Bob, they they, Bob they didn't, sell, they didn't sell the juice juice in Pittsburgh yet. It, uh, the the Pittsburgh cream of the didn't, didn't
0: hit up north yet. Yeah, the Twins
2: were rested and ready to play. Yeah, yeah man, they were. I, I, I t- See, that's why I kind of like doing these because man, you you it brings you back to like I mean we were kids growing up and like Mike said, I mean that's when baseball was great. it no, was, was so great, relevant, man. It, it was. I mean, I remember so much from that early '90s that oh man, some of the. I mean, just watch remember, you know, we talked about San Francisco. I remember uh, who was the guy who made the the, the bare handed catch in the outfield for the, for the San Phillies, yeah, you know, for the San Francisco Forty Nine ers. I mean, San Francisco Giants. Kevin Mitchell. Kevin Mitchell made that one handed grab, man, with his bare hands. It was like on every. At every web gem uh, you know baseball tonight that was when i remember watching with, with berman and oh my god dude that, that, chris that berman was the that best was back fun, then man that was fun uh but listen man we're gonna we're gonna end this on on some music because we, we we're gonna get the john cd closet okay because <laughs> we, we, we got to see what we could pick this week but this is showing us when we're old Okay, and again, you know, it just doesn't have to be hip hop. It's just, you know, I I look at things that that happen around the same week that we do this podcast and and see, you know, what anniversaries we could find. And this week, it was actually yesterday, November 9th, but it's the 27th anniversary of the debut album of the Wu-Tang Clan that entered the 36 chambers. That's right. And and, and, on. I mean, it changed the game. It literally changed the game. Wu-Tang Clan was the first group to have tremendous solo performers and affiliations with everybody, like LA the Darkman, the Wu-Tang Killer Bees. There were so many different affiliations with this group, and they all had solo albums. You know, they sold 40 million records worldwide, 40 million crazy and the other crazy part is i think method man looks exactly the same today as he did 27 years ago
0: yeah but now he's jacked did you see that dude lately he is
2: jacked he is jacked. but man i remember when i was and this is showing my age but i i still i remember like it was yesterday uh you know i went to north catholic and i remember i was in the lunchroom and And it was back then where people had boom boxes. And my buddy, Jason Holm, throw his name out there because I know he listens. My boy, Jay, was like, yo, you got to listen to this new new track we just got. And he hit play, and it was M-E-T-H-O-D. I was like, what is this? Like, it just – dude, it was – crazy i mean the, the hey you get off my cloud. i mean it was insane and then just to hear everything that came out of that with with RZA being the master producer to hear genius with liquid swords right shadow boxing and they have Ray Kwan who comes out with you know only built on cuban links which was an amazing album.
0: one of the best hip-hop albums right? ever made was that like people that don't talk about that enough
2: people that you, we talked about underrated with the beastie boys I'll tell you what, people, Wu-Tang could be just as underrated. Don't that Ghostface
0: album was just as good. Uh, uh,
2: 500 miles of running? Was that, that uh, was uh,
0: Daytona 500? Fi- yeah, it was yeah, crazy. That- crazy. Wow. Crazy. I remember when the Wu-Tang came out, the first thing I heard was Protect Your Neck, and yeah. I, I used to play it on Power 99. So Power 99, um, I think it was... Uh, Live somewhere, some club in Power 99. It was Friday night. It was Joe Cool Kalari with Spin. I think it was, Yo, it was live at the, Joe Cool Kalari. Yeah, I think it was live at the truck, and uh, they played Protect Your Neck. And when I heard them, I was just like, and you're right, it really did change the game. But you remember, really, what was the game at that point? The East Coast was sort of dead. And yes. everything was coming, anything yes. that was coming out, because it was everything from Straight out of Compton and all the West Coast stuff that basically stole the momentum. So there wasn't really anything. And it was before Biggie. It was in a weird time right now. And it was a totally different style. And it really brought hip hop back to the East because nobody was doing anything in the East at that point. It was all NWA. And it was all Dre. And it was all that. It was before Dre. Because Dre was like 92, 93. So it was in the middle of at the end of Straight Out of Compton when Ice Cube, Death Certificate, it was during all that stuff. You know, it was a wholly new style. It was a completely new style. It was, Uh, and again, it and it
2: was a, you know, it was a huge conglomerate of 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 guys. Like it was a tremendous. It wasn't like you know we we heard groups, right? You had Cypress Hill, three guys. You got Mob Deep, two guys. I mean, you had like eight, nine dudes, and it was like wow. Like this is, and they all—you got Inspector Deck. I mean, it, it just they Capadonna. I mean, they all had a role, which was just amazing, man. It was amazing. It, it you know, it debuted. It, it, the funny thing is, you know, the album it says only peaked at number forty-one on the Billboard two hundred chart. That was the highest it ever got. Was forty
0: one. I think it was before its time, man. People didn't understand the Wu Tang Clan. They didn't get the lyrics. The lyrics are crazy. I mean, you can still listen to the lyrics now and hear stuff, and you're just like, "What?" Like, I know those guys were true lyricists, and you know, a lot of their stuff flows in ways that still doesn't even make any sense. You know, they've written books about it and stuff like that. It just flows in style. They're all with the same sort of style too. I mean, they all have their individual styles, but it all flows towards the same thing. It's crazy. You're, you're, you remember this uh, this this pharmaceutical guy, Martin Sheckle, that was the winning bidder for the Wu-Tang Clan's only album that they put up for auction. It was like $2.5 million. And yeah. the Wu-Tang Clan put an album out a couple of years ago, and they, uh, they only wanted to sell it to one person. And that one person had to sign a contract, could be the only person to listen to it. And it went to this pharmaceutical guy who was uh, – You know, the guy wound up getting thrown in jail for like, you know, corporate embezzlement or whatever he was doing. I think his name was Martin Sheckle, but he wound up getting this album. He's the only one that has this album and the Fed seized all of his property. So this Wu-Tang album is like sitting somewhere in the Treasury Department's uh, getting ready to be auctioned off because only one person ever bought it and heard it. You got to do some research on this album. It's crazy. I forget. I think it's called Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. It's like really unbelievable story behind it. Um, so wow. they do all this stuff, dude, and like, and you could even talk about Method Man and you know and what he did because he made that one song that was on the Tupac album that I forget it was like a collaboration of a bunch of West Coast rappers and Andre had just said that Method Man was the only one to do a track with Biggie. I think he may have been the only one to do a track with Tupac as well. We I'm gonna have to do some research on that. Wow,
2: well, I, I a lot remember, of history
0: with the Wu Tang Clan.
2: Remember, Method Man was the guy. Method Man was the collaboration guy. Everybody wanted Meth. Remember, he, he obviously we all know that Johnny did with Mary J. Blige, right? You know, he did he did one with um, was it Limp Biscuit? You know, he did a song with Limp Biscuit called "All In Together." Now, you know, and he came out with the collaboration with Red Man, right? I mean, so he was Red Man or Method Man was all over that Tekal album,
0: that solo album.
2: That was insane. The Teal album was unbelievable.
0: He got a lot yeah. of much more commercial play than the rest of those guys. Yeah, did. yeah. The yeah, rest of it really just was, it was underground. It kind of stayed underground, you know. Yeah, like, like like I mean, they all came out with solo albums.
2: You know, Ghost really went. He never went mainstream. He came out with a ton of albums. Never really went mainstream. Uh, you know, the Raekwon album, like we said, was unbelievable. I Top. mean, Capadonna came out with one, but it was Cappadonna kind of like was, underground. it like, right.
0: was smooth.
2: Yeah, but it was it was on. It never really it never made it to the mainstream.
0: No, you know what I mean. I think that's what made them great. And um, believe it or not, if if you know, those guys are relevant again. Like before COVID yes. and all this crap started happening, they were touring nice. big time. Yeah, and yes. you know who you know who put them back on the map? You know this. You know this rapper Logic, right? So he's like a newer guy. Uh, I don't know if you heard of him before, Logic. but Logic. Yeah. His name is Logic. Yep. So um, you know he has a very young demographic that listens to him. You know he's more on the Gen Z and millennial type of thing. And uh, he did a track uh, talking about Wu Tang Clan. And it opened up all of this, all of the young kids completely into a whole new genre. And it just like Wu Tang exploded again. And a lot of it has to do with like logic sort of paying some homage to 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 the Wu Tang clan because they just did so much stuff. They were just they were just ahead of their time. That's what it was. Yeah, I think
2: I think you're right because they were still good. Like when they were touring, I was listening. They were they they still sounded good. Oh yeah. And they yeah, never they changed.
0: They still sound the same. They never changed their style. They never
2: did anything. Never changed, man. It's crazy. John, you are were you a Wu-Tang guy, John?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have uh quite a few uh Wu Tang things. Um I was an O D B guy. That was uh, that, that, that Russell was, Jones. That was, that was my man. So I mean, everybody loved meth. Um, Mariah. Yes. I was just- Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, baby, so I, I like it raw. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm an o, ODB fan. That, he that, was that's crazy. my guy.
2: ODB,
1: yeah. just stupid. He him. was like stupid, silly too. Like just talk. He just talks. And what he
0: what he did flowed. You know, yes. Was, like, weird garbage flow but it flowed into everything he did
2: shimmy shimmy y'all shimmy shimmy. yeah he he
0: he, he died young man he was
1: he was the the clown of the clan
2: he was the clown well well, he had i think he had some kidney he had like bad diabetes like i i think he he had some medical issues is why he died
0: yeah yeah i don't i don't think it was anything nefarious it was definitely medical just like um the guy Dude, the kid I, the guy from Mob Deep Havoc was the same yeah. one he had some medical issues as well which is another yeah. one of my another one of my favorite uh, rap Ooh. groups of all time you guys I re- was a big Mob Deep fan.
1: Mob was great. You guys remember Brownies, the the club twenty three East like Don in Conchah yeah. or whatever. Yeah like I swear part Brownies. of the world- <laughs> Part of the Wu Tang clan was there on a Friday. And I remember Brownies. I swear to God, it wasn't like it wasn't the whole clan. Like, I don't think it was ODB. I I forget who was there. I think there was like three of them. And this would have been in probably like 2000, uh, I don't know, 2003 ish. No kidding. Uh, Yes. I, I don't, but I remember going to Brownies. It was what? Brownies 23 East. I remember and, that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they had uh, part yeah, of the Wu Yes,
0: I think that's like when they went dark. So Wu Tang Forever was 97, oh, 98. I remember and when that came open. out? That was wow. That violin, wow. the violin in that song in Triumph, just nasty. Wow. I still listen to that. I Work love- that's good workout music, man. Wu Tang gets you fired up. Yeah, I love. I love Wu. Uh, Andre says Pittsburgh Dave Wiz Khalifa was heavily
2: influenced by Wu tang I could definitely see that. Mentions uh you know the best album of the group was built for Cuban links. So that's we, we agree one hundred percent. Uh incarcerated Scarfaces, the ice cream man is coming. I mean, listen, man, the trash go on and on
0: and on. They you put do. that you put that uh only built for Cuban links. You start it and you just let it run through. Yep. There's a, only only couple of mounds like that, Mike. There's only a couple. It's, it's not many. There's only, you know what it, it, I wonder how many cent. mics that got. How many, yeah, for that 50 cent I'll get Richard I try and yeah, the same thing. That's another one. That's another one. Do, how many mics do you think only built for Cuban links got from the source? Remember the Source magazine? We give yes. you the mics, and there was only a certain I mean, if you got five mics, your album was the bomb, right? It was like the best. Yeah, It was really hard to get five mics. We should do some research on that. I'm curious as to. What yeah, I'm this, uh, curious
2: too. like, see, see what the, uh, we'll do that for next week. I'm curious to see how, because it, it, you're always curious, curious to see how, you know, how preliminary that, you know, the analysis is and then what comes out, because if people just jump on it, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if the audience just loves it, it, it could suck. Doesn't matter. It's, it, you know, it's going to get it, it, Oh, look, Andre's second and says it got five mics. i oh, said it is. got five mics. Yeah, so so there, there it, it is. is. There it is. Uh, and he says, "Triumph Cross Radio plays at the station."
0: That's right, because
2: because uh, Andre was a producer, so he know he was producing back then. Well,
0: okay, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah so no, there's not many albums that get five mics. I remember another one was uh out that Outcast album um that really didn't do too well. But every, I mean, the out, people that out, were Outcast and, fans, uh, I think Miami it was called or, uh, yeah, Aquamini or something. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Aquamini. That's and if, it. you know when I listened to that. I didn't give that any shot back then. But you Me know what? Neither. I listened to it recently should you should listen to it it's yeah. i did the same thing with paul's boutique i ignored it for about 15 I, years me too i never liked i, I, just I didn't I, and then when i listened to it recently i'm like this was way ahead of its time and i think paul's no. boutique got another 5 likes so I don't
2: know, man. I'll tell you, man, it, just, just going back to generation, the evolution of hip hop is is wonderful, man. It really is. I love it. Uh, Andre says, oh, Nas and Biggie both got five mics
0: around that yeah, time. Yeah, the Nas, the Nas album I know got five mics. Was That's that Illmatic? Sure. It was Illmatic, yeah. yeah. Illmatic and, was just crazy. And Biggie was ready to he was die. Ready to, he was ready to die, yeah. And I, I <laughs> wasn't ready to die, or was it Life After Death that got five mics? Or could have I, think been it might, both. I think it might have been life after death honestly. Think that was the double CD that was the double I think that's the one that got five mics that but that, don't, don't I'll tell you
2: what I still it, it's so funny because I used to go to tower Records on Friday nights to to buy you know to buy the singles listen on the headphones see what think of that concept it. right remember that think about that yeah we're definitely not doing that now but <laughs> uh, I I <laughs> I remember, man, like I remember getting that double C. I remember I was working. I'm not going to say names, but I remember where I was working at that time. And I-, I had it so good that I remember my girlfriend at that time actually stood in line. at Tower Records in South Philly got me because that's when you stood in line to get the track, got me the double CD and brought it to me at work. And I was so excited, man. I was so that that album. Are you kidding me? The Bone and Thugs and the Bone and Thugs song on that album is insane. It, it, it's insane. Notorious Thugs, Notorious is Thugs.
0: Yeah, I was thinking one about one of the that, best man.
2: tracks of
0: all time.
2: It's of like stand, all time.
0: standing in line at Tower John is reminiscent of going to Blockbuster and you know, renting a DVD on a Friday yes. night. <laughs> it's hey, like I, a, a relic I of not, a past time. You know? I was
1: not standing in line, but I was at the mall every Tuesday. Tuesdays yes. when Tuesdays yes. when they all the new one. Yes. The drop. So yes, Sam Goody did, drop. Yeah, so yeah. I, oh, dude, it wasn't Sam Goody. I'm trying to. I forget what the name Strawberries, of
2: Strawberries, coconuts. No, uh, no. Wall
1: I had, wall to wall sound and video. Wall to wall sound
2: or the wall. It was no. the
0: wall. Uh,
1: Oh, no, i they, don't even remember there were, there were two to different ones people That's are probably right, listening like
0: what are they talking about yeah, yeah these oh, are, like know. all the retail stores that you actually have to go to and buy stuff yeah, instead we, of we, now we, you just we, download things no digital now you, download
1: let alone if you wanted chick-fil-a you had to go to the mall there was no such thing yes. as, a, as a standalone chick-fil-a if you want to eat chick-fil-a you got to go to the mall period
2: ready to die life after death came out andre says and the source gave it five likes tribute to biggie his album came out but he never got a chance to promote it because of his death there it is yes. that, that that was a tremendous album and you listen man i mean that just we can end on that john we're gonna we're gonna go on john cd wallet next week we're gonna do a double one this week because we're a little press for time but um yeah, I, I listen. I I don't know about you guys. Whenever we talk about this, like I'm literally when I'm going to be editing this show, I'm going right to my right right to my stream, and I'm playing some piggy right now, dude. I like the life after death is it's in fired my head up. Right it's now, fired
0: up, right? Fired up. Put on, right put now. on. I got a story to tell, and then uh, put your story oh, together. Man, okay. Uh,
2: what the, the the ten crack commandments? There you
0: go. <laughs> great
2: as always Andre that yeah look God we me, me and Andre literally said it at the same time it's amazing 100% everybody thanks for joining us, as always episode 135 classic as always tons of interaction sorry I didn't get to everybody's comments I apologize a lot of good talk uh, we did a lot of different things we continue to do different things uh, for Pittsburgh John Coker at PGA John 36 Tony Jigsaw Cotillo at Cotillo 23 Mikey Googs and at Ray show sports again for real give us a follow continue to follow we appreciate the support i hear you guys get into my dms every single day i love it andre for you you are the real one man thank you always tagging us on the station always tagging us on twitter i really appreciate it and as i always say as always stay safe stay healthy and we will catch you next week